Generation Star Wars is speaking up and sharing its story. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm David Michelini. I'm Tom Panneries. I'm Steve Glosson. I'm Matt Hunsworth. I'm Scott Gardner. I'm Ryan Shaw. I'm Paul Herman. I'm Jimmy Mack. I'm Ryder Waldron. I'm Justin Bulger. I'm Joseph Tavano. I'm John Jackson Miller. I'm Concetta Parker. I'm Steve Sansweet. And this. And this. And this. Is my Star Wars story. Is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story monthly at mystarwarsstory.com and available in the iTunes store. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message and music. Music? Route it through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. We all remember seeing years ago those futuristic drawings saying what the future is going to be. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. Gleaming buildings, fast monorails. This is the future. It was all started by a monster. Twice the size of Manhattan. We want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Walt Disney World. Better than any other urban environment in America. Two True Freaks proudly presents... We hope that it will be unlike anything else on this earth. Golf courses, campgrounds, stores, hotels. Earning My Ears. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for everyone who participates. We're ready to go right now. Wow! That sounds great! I want to go! Well, you can't. Why not? Because we have to stay at our posts and keep rebel scum like him out. Hello, and welcome to Earning My Ears. This is episode six, and my name is Scott Gardner. I am joined, as always, by my very good friend in Disney, Mr. Scott Rifen. Hi! Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't do that right. Let me see if I can do this again. You ready? Sure. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. <laughs> Please good. stand clear of the doors. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things in the world. And nobody quotes it right on the t-shirts. Oh, this is very true. Yeah, I just I always get frustrated that. because they when when he's on, I'm telling you, he says, "Por favor, manténganse." In other words, plural, manténganse alejado de las puertas. And every T-shirt you see says "manténgase," and there's some who say that's more grammatically correct. Although I have a Puerto Rican friend who says the "mantengan" is more more proper, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. But no, I, I know what you mean. Well, the one I keep seeing all the time is uh, is please stand clear of my vacation, which is yes. cute. But I want the real, I want the real thing. Yes, that's uh, por favor manténganse alejado de mis vacaciones. <laughs> you know, to this day, I still don't have a monorail T-shirt. I really, really want one. I just, I've never seen one that, uh, you know, that I that I liked enough to to pull the trigger on. Except uh, for his, was it for his birthday or for? Christmas. I think it was for Christmas this past year. We got my youngest boy Logan. We got him. It was a Disney store. I think it was a Disney store exclusive one mm-hmm. that we had to order through the mail. Oh wow! And it was the poster. You know, like the like the attraction uh, poster uh, that they have, yes. which driving through the contemporary. It was that one, but it's on a uh, T-shirt. Beautiful. 
He wore it when we went to see Tomorrowland recently, which was really awesome. That is cool. That is really cool. But as tempted as I am to talk about Tomorrowland, um, we actually <laughs> have a topic for this episode. Yes. So all I'm going to say, and and I think you'll agree with me on this, Scott, is uh, people go see Tomorrowland. Please go support this movie. It it is. What I will say is it is a movie without a drop of cynicism, and that is direly, desperately needed in this day and age. Yes. Yeah. I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. But we are going to do our best to sometime, we're not sure when, but sometime in the near future, we would like to do a uh, uh, just you know a Tomorrowland-dedicated episode discussing yeah. the movie and all that. So that will happen down the road. But for this episode, we're both really excited because this one is one that, uh, I mean... When we were thinking this show up, this was one we knew that we were going to do eventually. Yeah. Uh, when we had the whole idea of of you know doing geek subjects for this show, so this episode, the entirety of this episode, is going to be Walt Disney World for the Star Wars geek. That is right. Now wait a minute. Now did you do, did you want to bypass the new swag segment? Not at all. No, no, okay. no. If you okay. have new swag, absolutely play it up. Uh, the only thing really I've gotten since the last time we spoke was an old friend of mine unearthed a photograph of a trip that our two families took together to Walt Disney World in 1976. Oh, wow. And it is a picture of all of the kids, plus my mom and dad, plus the mom of that family, in front of the entrance to the Magic Kingdom. And you want to talk about just a rush of memory. Stunning. Have you shared this one online or anything? I haven't seen uh, this. It is on my Facebook page because it was put on my Facebook page by this person. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't. I, I'll send you a copy of it because it's just a really, it's a really neat picture. I am tiny. Uh, my brother is there. He is. He has hair, and <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 all exciting. My dad is there. He has a little bit of hair, and uh, it's 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 really neat. It's really neat, and it's one of those blasts of the past that you just go, well, this is. And, but you know what the funny thing is when you're looking at the front entrance in that picture uh-huh. and it's one of the great things one of the things I love about Disney World period is when you look at that picture it's it's the same front entrance right it's the same red concrete it's the same flowers uh, that make a Mickey face uh, it's the same train station it's uh, it's 1976 it's almost 40 years ago but yet it's the exact same place that's cool yeah. That is really cool. I, I'm I'm anxious to see that. I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got a real kick out of your old picture, so I was happy to see that. I've got a few from when I was four and I went there, but just a, just a couple. I was, wish, just... I was so happy when I found mine. and I wish I could find more because I know that more existed at one time. I just don't know what have become of them. I'm hoping that they're just lost in the shuffle of, of family pictures somewhere and that they'll... Sure. You know, they'll turn up one of these days. But, yeah, I was so happy when I, when I got the ones I've got. For the same reason that you say, because now that we go all the time and we're so familiar with the place, it is so cool to get this, you know, this window back in time and be able to identify landmarks and everything, but you're seeing yeah. yourself as, you know, as this little kid. I, I just, I love that. I think yeah, that's really absolutely. Neat. I love the old pictures. There's some really good groups on Facebook right now, too, that are doing that sort of thing, um, sharing old pictures. I, I'm trying to remember oh, cool. the specific one that uh, that I'm a member of right now. I can't remember the name of it. It was something like, I think it's something simple like Vintage Walt Disney World or something to that effect. But, uh, yeah, if you look around Facebook, there's groups like that. But uh, there's one 
that the last several months worth of posts that I've seen from them have all been focused in 1974, which is really oh, neat wow. because that's the year that I went as a yeah. kid. You know, the only time I ever went as a kid. So every time they post something up, I'm pouring through it to try to find myself. You know, <laughs> haven't yet. Probably won't. But I just I think that's really cool. That is awesome. I, I love stuff like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I've got anything new Disney swag to share, and I what? I probably do, and I just can't think. Because uh, let me think. What was the last? Well, we did uh, last episode. We were talking about. I can't. That's pretty I much can't. a standard episode. We we talked about the the preview <sighs> at Tomorrowland and all that. Did I mention I got a pin? Because no. I get I did get the Tomorrowland pin. Oh, that's cool. I can't remember what. I don't know. If I think of it, I'll throw it out there. But I don't know. I got Star Wars on the brain. I'm just <laughs> I'm itching to get into the the Star Wars discussion on. Well, wait a minute. So that's that's all the swag. That's all I can think of. That's all I can think of. I mean, like I say, I'm sure that there's something new because I'm I'm always <sighs> getting new stuff all the time. But seems to me that of. you had both. It seems to me that you received recently both some Disney and Star Wars related swag. All <laughs> I see where you're going. <laughs> Yes, I did. I am so sorry. Uh, yes, I did. I received a wonderful birthday present uh, from my good friend, Mr. Scott Rifen here. Oh, uh. I got a t-shirt that I thought was just totally awesome. I just, I happened to see it. it was one of those little sidebar ads on Facebook, This the advertisement for this awesome t-shirt. And it was, you know, just my favorite thing. It was uh, a mashup of two of my geek loves, and I love when my geeky things cross over with e with each other. You know, when when two things that are usually more or less kind of separate, all of a sudden they they kind of the worlds collide. And it was this great T-shirt of the haunted mansion, and it was the hitchhiking ghosts of the haunted mansion, except rather than being your standard hitchhiking ghosts, it was Ben Kenobi, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, Anakin Skywalker and Yoda playing the parts of the hitchhiking ghost. So like Yoda was playing the part of the prisoner, but instead of having a ball and chain on his leg, he had it was a, a, a Death Star and chain on his leg. And I'm trying to remember what some of the other things were on. I don't I don't have it sitting here in front of me, but I, I just I love the image that was on this T-shirt. I just thought it was hysterical, and uh, I plan to wear that to. Uh, to Star Wars weekends when we uh, when we get together here in just a few days, uh, I'm hoping I don't die <laughs> of heat stroke because that was the only thing is that it's a black T-shirt. It is black, so yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll maybe I'll bring a backup, but I really had planned to wear that because I just think it's great, and I haven't gotten a chance to wear it yet. And uh, and it glows in the dark too, which I yes. thought was fantastic. That is really cool. So yes, I did get that. Oh, gee, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> See, I told you the memory was was really bad, but no, I I, I thought that that was really awesome because it showed up in in the mailbox, and I'm like, oh my god, somebody, you know, because I posted it on Facebook, just you know, a simple little post showing the T-shirt, and I just said want, and I do that sort of stuff all the time. Yeah. And the next thing I know, it shows up in the mailbox. I'm like, oh my god, somebody took me serious about that and well, sent yeah. it to me, you know. When I saw and it, I had I no said, idea who had done it. I thought that was really cool. I saw it and I said, that's yeah, that's got to be Scott's. That's got to be. I mean, it's Star Wars. It's haunted. It's not just Star Wars and Disney. It's Disney, it's Star Wars and Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion, yes. And uh, so I, I just I could not I couldn't tell you no, even though you didn't, even though you weren't actually saying it to me. 
<laughs> and uh, and so yeah, I, I went ahead. And then the only the, the big problem was that there was no line on there that said you know if this is a gift you know say so and so to whomever. Right. I didn't have that, so I. Uh, what, what do I do? Well, I'll just send it, and I figure eventually he'll receive it, hopefully, and then he'll start asking questions, and I'll just let him know. Right. There was always the danger that some other schmo would take credit for it. Well, I did that for you, Scott Gardner, <laughs> and that was okay too, as long as you got the shirt. So, no, I'm glad it worked the, out. That's just what I did. I, I posted it up on Facebook that very day. I'm like, whoever sent this, thanks. Yeah, you because know, I, I it it came with nothing. It was just. It was the shirt, and I don't even think there was like an invoice or anything in there. It was like just the item. Mm-hmm. So I was completely at a loss. I, I had no idea who had sent it or anything. So, wow. But yeah, I, I I I think that's awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely, like I said, and happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and that's it's funny because when I do send, I get a wild hair to send somebody something, and I do, and I never, there's never a note. I do the same thing. I was listening to uh, Andy Leyland talking about V, and he mentioned right. in his V episode that he hadn't read the Kenneth Johnson sequel novel and that he hadn't been able to lay his hands on it. And I thought, well, why hasn't he been able to lay his hands on that? Come on. Right. So I went to Amazon.co.uk, and there were plenty of copies of it. There were plenty affordable, and so I shipped one to him. And, of course, a little bit later, he puts on the thing, I, whoever sent this, thanks. I'm so, okay, sorry. It was me. There was supposed to be a note with it. Sorry. <laughs> This picture is fantastic. Now, you put that picture you were talking about in the chat window, so I'm looking at it now. You know, if it wasn't for the the fuzz in the picture, I mean, this could have been taken last week. Yeah, it's like a 110 I, picture. Uh, yeah. And so the, the dimensions are a little odd. Uh, you say the picture could have been taken last week. That is, of course, with the notable exception of the fact that we're all pull our socks all the way up to our thighs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but other you than that, are yes. styling, that's for sure. Yes, yeah. you know which one's me, right? Uh, the the one that has one G on his. That's why it's a sixteen. That's not one G. Oh, is it? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a fake football jersey. Yeah. The, the glasses don't work so good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Now I am noticing though that the people. All right, so you know, there's there's you in the foreground, and then there's uh, the guy in the blue there taking a picture, mm-hmm. but there's people. That are like midway up on the berm right yep. there. How yep. are they up there? It looks like there was a walking path there at one point. And it looks like they're they're walking right in the it looks like there's a cut through right in front of the flower Mickey, but not quite at the at the wall. Hmm. So that's a little something interesting. Yeah. It's a little little something different, but otherwise, I mean it, it's you gotta admit, that's the Magic Kingdom and you could just yeah. about walk in there and see that exact thing today. Just about, yeah. Minus the tank tops and the knee high socks. <laughs> And my dad's sideburns, which I think he was growing to compensate because there was nothing up top. Yeah, is that your dad on the on the left there? Yeah, the man. Yes. Wow, he's a snappy dresser. <laughs> hey, that was uh Well, I say that was the day, but I think he'd probably wear that shirt today if he could. Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it. So. But yeah, we went, and it's so funny because when I saw that, all of all of the memories of that trip just suddenly hit me. One was that this was we stayed at a timeshare place. Right. And the people, the, the other family that we went with had to go to the courteous 90-minute sales presentation. <laughs> and uh, I remember this place. I don't know if it still stands today, but it was like a bunch of A-frame-looking places right. with a big spiral staircase in the middle of it. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember this place very vividly. But I couldn't I couldn't tell you where it is. Because, you know, when you're a kid, that's one thing. You just get in a car, and then you, you're right, there. You go. You're yeah. transported immediately to wherever you're going. 
Right. Well, not immediately, but you're transported without being able to see anywhere you're going. Right. Or caring. So. Well, it's like that scene in E.T., you know. I don't know the streets. Mom always drives yeah. me, you know. Exactly. I was like, yeah, well, you, you've taught sons to drive. You know how that is. Yep. And you think that they've been paying attention all these years. Well, just go to so-and-so. What is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> how do I get there? What, are you kidding me? You, we've done this a hundred times. No, you did it a hundred times. Oh. Right. Yeah, I was I was listening to my iPod and playing my, you know, my Game Boy in the backseat. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. But yeah, on Facebook. Great memory. Yep. Oh, that is a great picture. I like that. So, are we going to geek out on Star Wars? I would like to, yes. Okay. So, let's see. I, we discussed before we got started how we wanted to do this. So, we're already talking about Magic Kingdom. I'm already looking at a picture of Magic Kingdom. I say we start with the first park and we talk about Magic Kingdom. Where yes. are there Star Wars connections in Magic Kingdom? Where where can you get a bit of a Star Wars fix in Magic Kingdom? The, so. the three that come immediately to mind for me mm-hmm. are Emporium. There's mm-hmm. always Star Wars merchandise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Star Traders. Mickey Star Traders, yep. And Merchant of Venus. Mm-hmm. Uh, which both of those are shops in Tomorrowland. Both of them have a lot of Star Wars material. I think Mer- Mickey Star Traders has the do they right now have the lightsaber building station? In Star Traders, you know, it's been a while since I've been in there because I, I frequently, I almost always go into Merchant of Venus mm. because they've got a really good pin trading section in there. Mickey Star Traders, I don't go in as often. The last time I was in there, I want to say that they did have the lightsaber building, but don't hold me to it. Mm. But yeah, regardless, they are both really great places to pick up um, Star Wars items. You know, Star Wars merchandise. They they yep. usually have um, you know a decent selection of like figures, vehicles, um, plush um, apparel. But it's usually kids' apparel. I don't recall them having adult sizes. Uh, again, I could be wrong on that, but it's usually kids' apparel. Um, you know, as far as T-shirts and things like that. And Merchant of Venus actually has a uh, one of those sections. I call it the the Photoshop section. Yeah. Where you can go and you can have your picture taken, and then they basically, you know, they Photoshop you essentially into mm. uh, a famous scene from movies. And you know, there's several Star Wars themes that you can choose there, so you can, you know, get your picture taken, and then you, you know, you become Han and Chewie, you know, like, like it's your face imposed on Harrison Ford, or yep. I, I know that there's the scene, uh, you know, the uh, Geonosis battle arena scene from episode two and things like that, that you can, you know, you have your face put into. They do the same thing at, uh, at Tatooine Traders over in uh, in the studios as well. Can you do, can you do like an Anakin and a Padme cutout? I think so. Oh, we should so do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that. I'm down for that. I think that would be a blast. <laughs> Let me think. So those are your three? Uh, for Magic Kingdom, yeah, those are my three Star Wars places. While it doesn't have any direct connection, I would probably throw in Space Mountain. Mm. Just because you're talking about something that comes from the same era as same Star Wars. Milieu. Yeah. Because, you know, it was at that time where, where you know, America had kind of... We, we still had that, that fascination with, with all things space. 
So, you know, Star Wars kind of reinvigorated that. I, I, I tend to think it was, uh, of course, this is me, you know, through the, the haze of my memory, uh, uh, you know, being a little, I mean, I was just a little kid when, when Star Wars and Space Mountain came along. But, you know, you're talking about an era where Apollo had just ended, you know, we, we were no longer landing men on the moon and that sort of thing. So we're kind of winding down off of the space race, so to speak. And then, you know, in, in 1975, Space Mountain comes along. Yep. And so it still had that feel of the space race and, and our interest in rockets and astronauts and that sort of thing. And then, you know, a couple of years later, here comes Star Wars to kind of reinvigorate that, but in a yep. different way. You know, it reinvigorated the interest in, in space, but more the interest in, in science fiction and and you know, just changing the face of space science fiction, you know, making it more fast-paced and more adventure-driven yep. and that sort of thing. But I still see them as, as almost like 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 kissing cousins, if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. you know, I, I still think of when I get into that queue and I'm uh, you know going to ride Space Mountain, it still gives me kind of that same feel as like when I would you know go to the theater to see Star Wars for the umpteenth time, <laughs> you know, as a kid. You know what yeah. I mean? There's anticipation, and, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and don't don't discount also when you're talking about science fiction kind of, you know, we're kind of given a history of science fiction sweeping the country. Let's let's not take away the impact that Star Trek had right about that same time. Oh, absolutely. Star Trek was off the air by 69, but really, when did it hit its peak as a TV show? Probably 74, 75. Yep. Uh, that's absolutely. when the merchandise kicked in. That's when, you know, that's when it really became ubiquitous. And that's when it became a legitimate nationwide phenomenon so yep. science fiction was really kind of the thing at that point absolutely well you know if and when the day ever comes which i'm sure we will do eventually that we have a either a full show or a segment for um you know walt disney work for the star trek geek oh know, yeah space mountain's gonna hit it again you know because yeah. uh, you know it does kind of bridge both of them it's just it's that sci-fi connection yeah well and um, some of the some of the scenes that you'd see when you were getting off of Space Mountain were very Star Trek set looking uh, mm-hmm. scenes so yeah mm-hmm. I'm with you on that but we'll save that for another show very much so yeah well also when now I haven't been into I'm not even sure what they're calling it now it was the Metropolis uh, Power Company I think is what it was called the, the Monstropolis the, well no the, the gift shop when you would exit from Space Mountain it was oh, the arcade. The power, Metropolis yeah. was it arcade? Yeah, Metropolis Arcade. Well, that has recently stopped being an arcade. What? I haven't been in there since they did away with the arcade portion, so I don't know what's happening in there now. But for a time, you could find Star Wars items in there as well in the in the gift shop portion. I did not realize that they had stopped with the arcade. I mean, last time yeah. we were just there a few months ago, it was an arcade. Yeah, I need to get in there and see what it is now. I, I haven't had the opportunity to is get it, in there. To is it still open? See, that's what I'm wondering. I would think it would have to be open because that's where you exit, mm-hmm. unless they've changed the exit somehow. But again, I, I don't know. It's just it, it's literally been months uh, since I've ridden um, Space Mountain, so I honestly do not know. Okay, so with but so I, with I will the, try to the, research that for next time. Okay, so with the power station gone. And with the Main Street Arcade gone, is there not an arcade now in the park? There may not be. 
Wow. Because there was a change in Florida law not long ago, and I won't pretend to understand it or be an expert on it, but my understanding of it was that they could no longer have those basically games of chance, you know, where you would uh, you uh-huh. try to win a QP doll or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And so they got rid of all those, and when they got rid of those, um, it affected, it definitely affected the resorts. But it also affected the parks that had those machines as well. So, again, I really need to get in there to find out what the exact deal is. But my impression was that rather than just pull out the games of chance, that they just closed the arcade altogether. That's mm. what I heard. I don't know if that's really true. I really need to get in and check that out. Wow. But I will try to research that. I've been meaning to get over to Magic Kingdom for a number of reasons lately to research because... Uh, our friend Luke Giaconetti and his family were there recently. By the way, I got to meet Luke uh, face-to-face for the first time. Heck of a nice guy. Such Excellent. a nice guy. And uh, he was there with his family. Anyway, after not long after their visit, uh, I got a message from him saying, Hey, by the way, you know, one of our favorite things to do is to ride Winnie the Pooh. And we rode Winnie the Pooh. And I can't remember the seeing the scene where, where Pooh essentially... I think he called it Pooh's out-of-body experience, but it's where Pooh falls asleep. Yeah. And then you see, like, dream Pooh, like, come out of his own body, and he goes into the Heffalumps and Woozles scene. Nice little Pepper's Ghost effect. Yeah, it's great. I love that. And uh, it's actually one of my favorite parts of of that ride. But when he said that, I was like, you know, I I couldn't tell you the last time I was on Winnie the Pooh. So now I've been meaning to get over there for, for weeks now. Uh, to research that I just haven't had time to get over and do that, but I, I need to do that for him. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine that it would have been you know, removed or anything like that, but possibly if that particular section was down or something, you know, maybe a, you know, a light was out or something like that, then maybe they didn't see it the day that they were there. But huh. I have been meaning to get over and research that. Sometimes the effect is out. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah, it happens. Um, you know, and if it's not a big deal, then sometimes they'll leave a, a particular effect down or whatever, you know, so long as it doesn't affect the overall, you know, ride experience or what, and they'll leave it down while the ride itself is still open. That happens <coughs> a lot on Splash <coughs> Mountain. <laughs> um, trying to think of anything else Star Wars in, in Magic Kingdom, and the only thing that comes to mind, and I'm not even sure that this still exists, but I know for the longest time that the... Uh, the background music, the cue music, or not so much cue music, but just background music that you would hear uh, at the Transportation and Ticket Center. Now, yes. a lot of people don't know this, but the music that you hear at the Transportation and Ticket Center is the exact same loop that is played in the uh, in the entranceway of Magic Kingdom before you actually go through the turnstiles. Now, yep. once you're through the turnstiles, it changes, and it's a different piece of music. But on, on our side of basically the main street train station that music in that area is is exact same loop and for the longest time yoda's theme yep. was on that loop i don't think it is now i think they finally changed it but again i need, need to do a research trip to be sure on this and i remember that would throw a lot of people when they would recognize that music like why are they playing that here well the reason they were playing it there was because they were using the exact same uh, what was called the I think it was called the Esplanade route uh, uh, loop yeah. from Disneyland, 
And the reason it was on the Disneyland one uh, is because at Disneyland, Star Tours, the, the Star Wars ride attraction, is actually in Disneyland, in Tomorrowland. Now, it's yep. not at Magic Kingdom here at Walt Disney World, um, but there in California, at Disneyland, it, it is in that mm-hmm. particular park. Uh, so that's why that was on that loop for so many years. But like I say, that I know that they've recently added music to that loop i'm not sure if they've taken anything away but the last couple of times i've been either at the ttc or in front of magic kingdom i haven't heard yoda's theme so i i tend to think that it's it's gone away now hmm well that's a shame i think well i mean it is and it isn't i mean for one thing that that loop was due for some new music and I say that only because you know as someone that spent you know a year at the TTC essentially um, that loop was only 22 tracks and only about 22 minutes so (laughs) it was kind of due for some some new tunes being in there Um, I'm trying to remember what the piece of music was that I where I discovered that wow this is new or at least it has some new music in it and now I can't remember what the uh, what the track was but I was really happy when I heard it I want to say it was something from it was from one of the newer movies. I want to say Pocahontas, maybe. I, I really can't remember, but you know, I mean, relatively newer movies. I mean, yeah, um, yeah Pocahontas is twenty years old now. <laughs> is it really that old? Wow. It's from the nineties. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, I, I still th- I think of it as newer only because it's you know what I call the neo classics, yeah. meaning yeah. you know, Mermaid Forward. Forward, Mermaid Forward, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or Oliver um, and Company. Do you draw the line at Oliver and Company or Mermaid? Mermaid. Okay. Yeah, definitely Mermaid. Yeah, because I still lump. Uh, Oliver and Company in with the um, with the 70s stuff. Even though I know I you know I, I know full well it's Seven? not 70s movies, but yeah. I think it I still think of it as that kind of that I'm trying to think of a kind way to describe it, but just kind of that wonky hit and miss 70s era of Disney. You know the post waltz era where you know it was very hit and miss with a lot of their releases. I, I tend to lump uh, a lot of those pre. Uh, Little Mermaid movies into that same that same kind of category, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Oliver and Company came out the year before Little Mermaids. That's I right. kind of feel like that's part of the revival. It just wasn't they weren't they just weren't quite there yet. Right, that's one of the very few I've never seen. I I don't even think I've ever even seen uh, scenes from it. Oh really? Um, yeah, it's just somehow I completely missed that one. That was one that was actually rather difficult for us to see here in Brunswick because. Uh, at the time, all of our theaters were owned by United Artists, right. and United Artists had a big fight with Disney that lasted a couple of years, right. and they wouldn't show anything Disney at our theaters. Huh. And so I think they showed it at a local school. Somebody got the right to show it. Um, but, I mean, things like Dead Poet Society and stuff like that just never came here because there was a big brouhaha between Disney and United Artists Theater Company at the time. Right. So, uh, which part do you want to move to next? Let's go in order, uh, and we'll go on to Epcot. Okay, I can't wait till we get to Animal Kingdom. Because <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking a lot about that. I might have a one, one or two that uh, may be a bit of a stretch. But, uh, yeah, I, I say we do, well, we've done Magic Kingdom, we'll, we'll talk about Epcot, and then I say we skip ahead to Animal Kingdom, and then we'll hit the big one where Star Wars okay. truly lives at Walt Disney World. And it does. So, yeah. Epcot, what do you got for Epcot? Epcot, again, Future World when you go to uh, some of the shops there, there is some Star Wars-iness there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Mouse Gear definitely has uh, has Mouse a really Gear. Nice Star Wars section, yeah. Yep, and uh, and that has become you know it's it's funny because that had really kind of become a thing at Disney World even before the acquisition of Lucasfilm. They had just kind of made it a point that they were going to have Star Wars merchandise just about everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, it 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 really kind of was a decision they made from a marketing standpoint, completely from a merchandising standpoint, completely independent of their their purchase of Lucasfilm. Right. And, uh, yeah. So Mouse Gear is the to me the obvious one when you go in and you say, oh, there you go. There's some there's some Star. Now the other Star Wars connection that I would point out to Epcot is one that you really can't get through right now because it's in the the Wonders of Life Pavilion. Oh yes, uh, Body Wars. Body right? Wars. Scott Carey. Scott Carey, please report to the Deminiaturization Briefing Room. Body Wars. You know, I didn't even think of that. Yep. Yeah. It's the exact Absolutely. same simulator ride. It is essentially Star Tours with a different film and a different bump sequence. And uh, fun, but actually a lot rougher than Star Tours. And, and interestingly yeah. enough, too, I don't know that it was ever a tremendously popular ride, though it is exactly the same thing as Star Tours, which mm-hmm. does go to show you what a difference those characters make. Absolutely. You know, uh, speaking of Star Trek, as we were a few moments ago, something I literally did not know until the day that he died was that Leonard Nimoy was the director of the film that you would see for Body Wars. And I never knew that. And I just huh. thought that that was so cool. I, I, it was uh, part of his obituary. And I just thought that that was really, really neat. I, didn't I, I know wish that. I'd known that before. I, To my memory, I could be completely wrong about this, but to my memory, I think I only ever rode um, Body Wars once. I, I think it was just, you know, luck of the draw. You know, we got to ride it once before it was, uh, it was gone forever. And... Uh, I remember really liking it, but I do remember uh, the the lasting impression was that it was a much rougher ride yeah. than uh, than uh, Star Tours because I remember uh, getting off of it and uh, either my wife and I or maybe the both of us both said that wow that was you know it was kind of rough. So I don't know if it was the way it was programmed or it was an older machine or maybe you know I, I really don't know what it was, but I do distinctly remember it was a it was a much rougher ride. But I loved it though because. It was such a throwback to... It's Fantastic Voyage. Fantastic Voyage, yeah. Yeah, yeah it really was. And I, I liked that a lot. I yep. thought it was a lot of fun. Yep. I really did. I and I liked the little... The little. I was going to say space vehicle, but it, it's not really a space vehicle because you're traveling you know, through the human body. But through it kind of looked like a... It, it kind of looked almost like a cross between... Uh, like a Star Trek Next Generation shuttle pod, and uh, like one of the, those. If, if you've seen the pictures of like the experimental NASA, you know, Next Generation space shuttle planes, it yeah. kind of looked like that too. But I thought it was really neat. I like that a lot. Oh yeah. It's gonna take all the power we have left. Here we go. Cerebral cortex, we're inside the brain. I'm gonna deploy the fuel cell shield and hope it works like a lightning rod. Craddock, your power is gone. We can't get you out. Repeat, your power is gone. This neuron better fire. Come on, hit the shield. Hit the shield. You have power. We did it. We're beaming you out. Realize what we just did? 
I'll tell you what you did. You broke every regulation in the book. Control, we were the first to go through the heart, lungs, and brain. You also managed to pull off the most spectacular mission this place has ever seen. Congratulations. Thank you, Control. Uh, folks, you can unlatch your safety belt by pushing the button on your left. Please exit the ship to your right. Don't forget your personal belongings. Oh, and welcome home. And the, I guess the one other, and it's not there right now, so I guess it kind of, you can lump this in with the uh, alien encounter for not being there right now, but it, it may be back, which is Captain EO. Mm-hmm. Captain EO is a film that uh, George Lucas was heavily involved in, Francis Ford Coppola directed. Uh, everybody thinks about Michael Jackson, but they don't think about the fact that Lucas was involved. Uh, Lucas's, you know, ILM was involved. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of the same special effects people that put Star Wars together. I have heard it said, and I don't know how much truth is to it, um, but I have heard it said that without Captain EO, that Star Tours would have never happened. So I, I, I think that. that's really interesting because Captain EO essentially laid the groundwork for the working collaboration between Disney and Lucasfilm, you know, prior to things like Star Tours and uh, you know Temple, uh, what is that Temple of, of the Forbidden Eye out in yep. Disneyland and things like that, and you know the the forging of the relationship between Lucasfilm and Disney that eventually led to Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm. Yeah. So it all that all of that traces back to. Captain EO. And was almost ripped asunder by the destruction of Alien Encounter, but hey. <laughs> now, ha I take it you've seen Captain EO then, right? Oh yeah, a few times, yeah. Now let me ask you, that is one of the very few things, now by choice of course, but that is one of the very few things uh, as far as shows, attractions, things inside the parks that I've never done. Am uh, I missing something? Um... I would say in 1986, probably so. Right. Uh, nowadays, I'll just say when they brought it, I remember seeing it when it was originally there. Right. And when they brought it back, I was excited because I went, hey, this is George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola and it's ILM and this is, you're going to love this. It's 3D. There's special effects in here. Uh, and I took the kids and then we, and it was, it's, it did not age well at all. Right. At all. But you know, I tend to be, pretty merciful when it comes to things from the 80s just being an 80s kid so it's not really that that's kept me away i'll be completely frank it's michael jackson never had any love for the man so that's what's kept me away but it does occur to me you know talking about this subject that you know with the lucasfilm connection and all that 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 maybe i ought to try to get past that and see it at least one time just to say i've done it but i just i haven't because i you know, I, I just haven't wanted to. Yeah. So, you know, again, I mean, am I, am I missing something there? Is this something I should get over and go do it once, or you think I'm good? Um, You, I think, should do it once. I'm not going to suggest everybody listening do it once. Right. Because, again, the film has not aged well at all. Although, I will say this. I think Firefly fans should see it. <laughs> because he's kind of a pirate. Uh, right. Kind of a rogue pirate guy with this, this, this ruddy crew of aliens. On his ship, and it's uh, right. it's it's in some ways very much a forerunner of what they set up on uh, on Firefly without the music and the dancing. And, you know what's uh, really funny yeah. is you know you you know that I'm an avid collector of. 
Park Audio. Yeah. So I've heard it many times, not to the point where I have it memorized or anything like some attractions and rides and things, but I have heard it. So, I mean, I know the story, I know the characters, things like that, but I've never actually been on it. So, I mean, that I, that in itself, I guess, is really kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I will also say this. The, the direction the special effects and makeup take is a very post-Return of the Jedi, very Henson-esque. Uh, you know, the people who complain that Return of the Jedi is too Muppety will not like Captain EO. Right. Because it is very Muppety. Very Muppety? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I remember hearing something, it seems to me this was not long ago, but I don't remember where I heard it, that they made plush characters that you could buy in the parks of some of the characters in that, and they were huge uh, successes. Like, they were very popular uh, plushes that you can buy. Do you know anything about that? I don't recall them, but I wouldn't be surprised because there are a lot of a lot of characters and creatures in that film that would translate very easily to plush animals. I'll just say it that way. Again, mm-hmm. uh, for those who did not like the Muppetiness, can I say that Muppetiness of, right. uh, of Return of the Jedi? It's it's kind of well, these go to eleven. Don't get Muppety with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can think of three off the top of my head, and then I'm kind of hard-pressed beyond that point. Three things that are... Well, I'll leave it up to you to judge just how far I've gone with this, but okay. with Star Wars Connection. So you, the first one... You notice mine are always retail, by the way. <laughs> I'm just a shopper. <laughs> well, no, you're, you're right, because one of mine has a, has a very strong retail collection, uh, connection, and a lot of this does have to do with uh, with the merchandise. That That's the most... I mean, that's the biggest presence at, at Walt yeah. Disney World for Star Wars outside of uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios is is the merch that you can buy, you know, and, and a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, and this first one I've got on my list here has, a, has again, a very strong uh, merchandise representation, but also has a connection. I feel like a pretty direct connection to Star Tours, and that would be Mission Space in mm. Future World. Because there's a gag in the new version of Star Tours that is a direct reference to how Mission Space ends. Do you know what I'm talking about? Huh. You know, I will be honest with you. I read Mission Space once and got off and went, I'm never doing this again. So, <laughs> so at the end survive. of Mission Space, you... See, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't done it. So if you don't want to be spoiled on how Mission Space goes, then fast forward like five minutes. But essentially... Mission Space ends where you crash land on the surface of Mars and you skid and you skid off the runway and when you finally come to a stop you are hanging over this precipice yeah. and it looks like you're going to drop and then finally your ship settles back and Gary Sinise says something like Now, in Star Tours, the the new version, the adventure continues, same exact thing happens in the Hoth sequence. And some of the dialogue that Anthony Daniels as C-3PO utters is directly paralleling what Gary Sinise says in Mission Space. I can't help but believe, I've never heard confirmation on this, but I can't help but believe that that's not an homage to Mission Space, that it's not intentionally making that connection there. Yeah, wow. And I think that's great. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I never knew that. See, you got me. (laughs) 
The other two, and these, again, I'll, I'll leave it to you and the, and the listening audience to judge whether you, whether you think this is a stretch or not. But here's a couple of the things. Let me put it this way. They remind me heavily of Star Wars. Uh-huh. The land. Living with the land. Or if you go upstairs into the Garden Grill restaurant. Yes. You get a really good view of several dioramas that happen on Living with the Land, on the attraction. One of those dioramas, you go through a desert scene. And that desert scene, when you go through it, you get this this blast of hot air. You really feel like you are out in a, in a very arid desert. In the desert, nature has created a very different but no less beautiful living system. And while this arid landscape may seem lifeless, it is very much alive. The plants and animals that have learned to survive in these harsh conditions make use of what little water they can find and avoid the scorching rays of the relentless sun. And that desert scene, I mean, if you were to put another special effects sun up in that sky, mm. totally tattooing. I always felt it was more like Jakku. Like what? Jakku. What is Jakku? Jakku is the new desert planet in the new film. Oh, okay. See, they only have one sun, so you're okay. Oh, all right. See, I did not know that. I, <laughs> I, I'm really limited on my knowledge for the new movie. Ah. And I'm, I'm hoping that'll benefit me well when I when I finally get to see it. But yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, you're right. That uh, that little teaser scene that we see in the newest trailer, yeah, it does look. Don't you think it looks a lot it like a little bit, the yeah. land? I'll give you yeah. that. It's it's uh, if I remember right, we just did it. It's a little darker in the land. Yeah. It's like yeah, the lights are down like a bit. Dusk. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but Garden Grill, by the way, just just so you know, the food's good. I, I don't I don't like it as much as I like Liberty Tree. Right. But the food is good, and the the restaurant itself is just amazing. Oh yes, I, I absolutely love the atmosphere. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it is above the Land Ride, and it is a revolving restaurant. And I'd say about mm-hmm. every half hour, it makes a full revolution. And it right. takes you through each scene in the land. Now you can't see it from the ride, right? But still, that's the amazing thing about yeah. it. Yeah, it's just it's I I love it. I think it's a great place. And I, I had never I had always looked at it in the land pavilion and said, you know, that would be a bad thing to try sometime. And I never really did. And then you went one day and were raving about it. So when we were down uh, last summer, I said, just on a spur of the moment, one day I said, you know. I'd really like to see if they have any tables open at Garden Grill. Now, generally speaking, you try to get a dining reservation day of, you're you're out of luck. Right. And uh, somehow we got a really good slot. And, of course, we were staying at Beach Club, so we walked over, ate at Garden Grill, rode the land first, and then ate at Garden Grill for the whole experience. And then went back to our rooms and had it just, it was just a fantastic, it was one of our days out of the parks. And uh, we had a great time. Great restaurant. If you uh, if you get a chance to go, please do. It's it's an all-you-care-to-eat restaurant, family style. Right. So. But, you know, the thing with the with that scene, though, it really occurred to me the last time that we ate at Garden Grill. We ate there back in April for Logan's birthday. And as we, because I always like to sit, I always request to sit on the lower level. So you are right there and you can look out at the uh, different show scenes in the attraction below you. Yep. And as we came around, you know, as you say, the restaurant revolves. As we came around to that scene of the desert scene, I joked to Logan that, you know, throw a couple banthas in there and that's tattooing. And I remembered that for this, you know. So, But I really do think it, it looks a lot like that. I think that's really neat. Yeah, I like um, that a lot. The other one 
that reminds me of Star Wars when I'm in Epcot, and uh, you and I were together not long ago, and I joked about this to you, is the country of Morocco. <laughs> when you're over in Morocco, <laughs> really reminds me yeah. of Tatooine, of, of Mos Eisley. Yeah, yeah, for a variety Very of reasons. Strong. Yeah. yeah, it really does. Beyond that, I'm really trying to think. I'm really hard-pressed to think of anything else that would be Star Wars connections in uh, in Epcot. Can you think of anything else? The Star Wars connection. Um, no, I think you I think you covered it very nicely. Oh, you know what? I did think of one more. What's that? The Art of Disney yes. store that's there. Yes, you are frequently correct. has really really nice. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars prints. In uh, there. Yeah, sculptures, paintings. They've got it's it's. And it's all—I'm not going to say it's all high end, but a lot of it's high end. It's, it's uh, a lot of it's stuff that you may never buy, but it's stuff that you will kick yourself for not having seen. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good call. Well, that's good yeah. Call. That's all I can think of off the top of my head, and that's how I like to do this show—is kind of off the top of our heads. Yeah. So here's the tough one: Animal Kingdom, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. What do you think? <laughs> well. I will say this, there's a sense of exploration there that I, you have to understand, I, in my mind, and I've gotten grief for this on Dinner for Geeks before, but I, in my mind, Star Wars and Indiana Jones are kind of two parts of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, I, I'll agree with that. There's a lot of Indiana Jones feel throughout, whether it's jungles, whether it's exploration, whether it's, you know, you get in the, the queue area and there's all kinds of uh, uh, pieces that have been recovered from Mount Everest. Uh, when you get in the uh, Expedition Everest queue. And uh, so I would say there's definitely a very distinct Indiana Jones feel throughout much of Animal Kingdom. And I think that's one way to make it, to get through it. Because <laughs> sometimes it's 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 tough to find reasons to stick around there. And um, the only other thing I could say is, you know, there's another big 20th Century Fox film franchise that's coming to Animal Kingdom, whether you want it to or not. And, uh, right. and whether Joe Rody wants it to or not, and that is uh, Avatar is going to be there, uh, which would be you know a, a later, a latter day. Uh, it's kind of the Star Wars of its day, except it didn't have the staying power. Right. So that's that's about all I've got on it, though. But you have amazed me so far with what you have pulled out. So I would love to hear this. These are going to be much more of a stretch, I think. The the only direct connection I can think of is, again, merchandise. If you go into Chester and Hester's Dinorama in Dinoland, USA, uh. there is, at least the last time I was there, there was. It may not be there anymore, but the last I can remember, like, consciously taking note that it was there, they had one of those Build-A-Potato-Head stations. Ah, uh. And in those build a potato head stations, they always have Star Wars pieces where you can give him, you know, a Darth blaster Vader. or a Darth Vader helmet or Star Troop, Stormtrooper helmet or something like yeah. that. I think that's still there, and I think they still have at least like one, you know, little turnaround display thing that has, you know, probably like Star Wars figures or something like that on it. But beyond that. That's the only, like, direct connection I can think of. And, you know, it's a shame. I just got to thinking about this. Now, you know, I've talked about this many times, how I'm, I'm actively seeking to collect yes. the dinosaur-themed comic books that are displayed either at Chester and Hester's or over in Restaurantosaurus. You know, it would have been great if one of those had been the, uh, the behemoth, behemoth store. Yeah. Would, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> That would be yeah, awesome. He's the next best thing to a Star Wars dinosaur, sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately it's not, but that that would be really cool. Yep. You know, the only other things I can think of is, uh, again, it feels like a cheat because I already said this with Morocco, but there are areas of, of Animal Kingdom, and I'm trying to think specifically what area. I want to say the Africa area? I could be wrong. It's either Africa or Asia. There's there's sections of that that kind of give me that like tattooing most Eisley feeling as well. But again, that's a real cheat. But the other one that occurs to me is I've always thought that the Yeti for Walt Disney World, unlike say the Abominable Snowman at Disneyland at the Matterhorn, I've always thought that the Yeti was very Wampa-like. Huh. You know that 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 they're almost you know uh, uh, they could almost be like the same species or something. You know what I mean? That they're that they're so similar. I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen some sort of crossover, marketing-wise between you know like maybe like either putting the Yeti into a Hoth setting as a gag or vice versa, putting the Wampa in Expedition Everest as a as a gag. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to my knowledge, we ha- that hasn't happened yet, but I could easily see that happening. Yeah, just down. because they are very similar creatures. But again, I-, I know that's an incredible stretch. That's that's about off the top of my head. That's about all I can think of. Now, what I want to get with this segment, I you know, with all these segments, I want the guest, you know, the guest interaction, the listener interaction. And can can you tell I come from work? Yes, today? yes. <laughs> I want the listener interaction, you know, the listener input. If you guys are thinking of things and going, oh, why aren't you saying this? If you're yelling at your iPod about this, write in and let us know what what connections can you think of from these parks to to Star Wars? Because I'm sure there's something somewhere that I'm I'm just, you know, that's probably obvious and I'm just not remembering it. So, definitely. Where do you want to go from here? Do you want to go to the big one or do you want to go outside the parks let's, for a moment? Let's hit outside the parks briefly because there are... are... There are places and things you can go and do. Uh, most of, well, but but again, a little bit of it's a cheat because uh, just about anywhere and everywhere you go to a shop, you, you will find something Star Wars these days. Absolutely. Uh, that definitely, definitely, definitely counts for uh, uh, the contemporary. And there's a mm-hmm. what, what's the name of the shop right in the middle of the of the con? Fantasia. Fantasia. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I, I remember staying there when that wasn't there. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, there are definitely Star Wars items there. Star Wars pins everywhere you go. I mean, you can go to the yep. the Polynesian Village Resort. Mm-hmm. Nice. See how I did that? And <laughs> very get, good. Thank you. You can get Star Wars pins and sometimes Star Wars merchandise at some of their shops, and you wouldn't think that to be the case. Uh, but there are a couple of places where there is a real concentration of it. Uh, there's a a healthy amount of it at World of Disney. Then you have just down the way, Once Upon a Toy, which is Hasbro's mm-hmm. store. Yep. And if it's being sold in there, it's Hasbro, and there's probably a Disney connection, and they have a, I'd say, half of a room of Star Wars stuff, including they have the yep. Build Your Own lightsaber station. I think they have the Build Your Own droid station. Yep. Uh, they have action figures. They have piggy banks. They have uh, just a, a massive variety of different Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And I was just going to yeah. say, and Indiana Jones, yes. Thanks for the kids. They have books as well, which is always a big thing for me. And uh, so, and uh, D-Town, uh, D-Street. That's the only, uh, that's the last one I'm going to mention. Uh, D-Street, uh, where you can get lots of great artwork. Yes. Paintings, T-shirts. T-shirts. And, really good uh, T-shirts. Yeah, and Vinylmations. 
did you see the pictures that I put up when I finally got to go to the Marvel store that just opened? Uh, I don't know that I saw the pictures from that. So, it, it, for the listeners, if you guys aren't aware of this, a Marvel store, Marvel Comics store, just opened at Downtown Disney. It is called uh, Superhero Headquarters. And it is a store literally just dedicated to Marvel Comics characters, properties, everything. And it's awesome. It is so cool. Love that store. But when I knew it was coming, the the store that Scott's talking about, D Street, you know, he and I love this place. And about two-thirds of that store was dedicated to Star Wars and Marvel Comics. So I was thinking, you know, when the Marvel store opens up, what's going to happen to D Street? What's going to happen when that, you know, because my speculation was that the Marvel stuff would move out and move down a couple of storefronts to the other store. That's exactly what happened. So when the Marvel store opened up, suddenly all that Marvel stuff from D Street went to live over at the other place. And that's okay. So what happened? Yeah, totally all right. Because you know what they did? Hopefully more Star Wars stuff. Expanded the Star Wars, absolutely. And now they have even more Star Wars stuff in there. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they get Star Wars stuff in there that you just can't find anywhere else. Uh, T-shirts I've never seen anywhere else. Some really nice original art pieces. Um, you know, everything. They get, uh, you know, the, the themed Mickey ears, but they're Star Wars themed. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, all kinds of everything from... Oh, concert. What? Oh, you know what you just made me remember? What's that? The Christmas shop. In Liberty Square, mm-hmm. they have lots of Star Wars ornaments. Do they? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do they know, really? The uh, Not the Hallmark stuff, but the, mostly when you right. said the, the faux Mickey ears. Remember they did a whole run of these different characters represented by Mickey ears? Oh, that's ornaments. right. Yeah, as ornaments. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I remember the 3PO one that they did. Yep, and they have tons of those things over there. I'm sorry. That's totally right. I forgot yeah. about, about Magic. No, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm... I'm making you think it. You know, you made me think of something because I thought you were when we said we were going to go outside the parks. I thought you were going to go naturally straight to downtown Disney, and you talked a bit about the resorts. Yeah. Duh! I work at the resort that has the most. Oh, Star you Wars got, as far as yeah. resorts go. Pop Century. You got shadow boxes and all kinds. Yeah, of stuff. we have shadow boxes. So one of our shadow boxes um, has the uh, you know pretty much the quintessential, not the Hildebrandt poster, but the other one. Right. I mean, there's really two like quintessential Star Wars posters. There's the Hildebrandt, and then there's the other one, right? Yeah. So we have the other one on display in there. Plus, uh, in one of the shadow boxes that's kind of meant to represent like the technology of the time. There's one that has an 8-track tape player and several 8-track tapes. One of the 8-track tapes, John Williams' soundtrack to Star Wars is in there. And I want to say that there's... Yes, there's also the Empire Strikes Back storybook in the 1980s section. And there may even be something else that I'm, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. The one that pains me, though, the one that really kills me is out along memory lane which is the walk along the lake that separates pop century from disney's art of animation resort now there's these signposts and on one side of the signpost you have an even numbered year on the other side you have an odd numbered year and they go in order from 1950 all the way to 1999 and it's kind of meant to be exactly what it what it's named you know memory lane you walk along and there's little facts and trivia about these years to kind of make you remember, you know, those years if you lived or, you know, inform you if you didn't. 
you get to 1977, and the one for 77, now what would you think it should say? Uh, you know, this is the year Star Wars came out, gee. right? Or, you know, Star Wars creates a pop culture phenomenon that lives to this very day, or something like that. Yeah. What does it actually say? Peach Dragon. No. <laughs> what? Now, I could live with that if it said that. Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the Deep. Nope. I've, what I've... won the Oscar that year? Oh, Annie Hall. Yep. Annie kills, Hall. kills me every time uh... I drive by it. I'm just like, <laughs> But the one for 66 does say Star Trek debuted that year. So, you know, I'll give him a break. Plus the one for 68 mentions two of my all-time favorite movies, 2001 A Space Odyssey and Beatles Yellow Submarine. So, you know, I'll, I'll cut him some slack. <laughs> I suppose. Plus, at Christmas time, I just thought of this. At Christmas time, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas from the Star Wars Christmas album, Thanks to Yours Truly, is back on the playlist at Pop Century. Now, how do, what welcome. do you mean, Thanks to Yours Truly? I'm the one that brought it to the attention of the secretary to the resort manager. I brought it to her attention last Christmas. That So here's, here's the story, in, in short, is two Christmases ago, it suddenly disappeared from the playlist. And our playlist went from being a pretty good Christmas playlist. I mean, it was it was hours long. It had a lot of really good songs in there. You know, it was a good Christmas mix. But what thrilled me from the first Christmas I worked at Pop Century was that it had, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas on it? Uh-huh. And so then, year before last, first Christmas that we own Star Wars, you know, lock, stock, and barrel, it suddenly disappears from the playlist... And the playlist is, like, suddenly abbreviated, right? It goes from being however long it was to, like, I think it was, like, 20 minutes. Ooh. So it wasn't just that the Star Wars song was missing, but it was also, like, just these same couple of songs over and over. And I just, rather than ask anybody, I just kind of quietly lamented to myself that, oh, you know, they took it off the playlist. Hmm. And then this Christmas, same thing, the same playlist, you know, the abbreviated one. Well, I'm out and about in the area one day making deliveries and such. I was working runner that day. And what do I hear playing out in the 60s? What do you get a Wookiee for Christmas? And so I'm paying attention to it and having memorized the playlist from years past, I suddenly got to realizing, I think I know what's wrong. Somebody somewhere, when they set up the new playlist that first year that it changed... It's not that the playlist changed, it's that somebody inverted the playlist. The one that was supposed to be playing in the 60s was now playing in the lobby, and the one that was play- should have been playing in the lobby is now playing in the 60s. Uh-huh. And they somehow they got switched that first year that they changed, and then last year, somebody just compounded the error. Whatever the discs were, however they do this, since that is how it was last year, they just set it up the same way again the next year. So I went and I said something to uh, this woman and really expected to get a reaction like, wow, you are a super nerd, you know? (laughs) And she just kind of laughed and I kind of thought, well, that'll be the end of it. And like two days later, it was flipped back. And I, I was just, I was so proud of that. I mean, that's, you know, so that was my little contribution, you know, to, to Star Wars at Disney. But I thought that that was pretty cool. So I saved Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. This, you know, not many of us can say we saved Christmas. Well, let me think. 
Is there any other? We talked about Downtown Disney, D Street, and uh, Once Upon a Toy. Hmm. No, I think Art the... of Disney there, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much b- brings us to the big one, doesn't it? It does indeed. All right, so Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hmm. So wow, there's there's so much Star Wars in Hollywood Studios. We could almost do like a whole separate show just on that alone. But yep. of course, through the course of the year, when it's when it's not Star Wars weekends, you know, you have Star Tours. So Star Tours is its own. I wouldn't say land quite yet, but it's it's almost it's like a mini land uh, within Disney's Hollywood Studios, where you go and you have the Star Tours attraction. There's the Ewok Village is there. There's a more or less full-size AT-AT that's there that, you know, does it still fire? I can't remember, because I can't remember yeah. the last time I've seen it. Does it still fire? I think fire? it does, yeah. 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 Right. When it when it fires, when, you know, the, the jaw gun, so to speak, um, when they fire, it actually squirts water at, at the kids. So it's like a almost like a little play area, a you know, water play area, which is really neat. And acro- directly across from Star Tours, you have... Um, a speeder bike, which is like a photo opportunity. You can go over and sit on the speeder bike and, and get your picture taken um, in front of this backdrop that has uh, the, the speeder troopers you know, on their speeder bikes behind you and all that. Now, they used to, when I started going to Hollywood Studios, they used to have a crash snow speeder sitting at the feet of the ADAT, but that's been gone for a long time now. And then they brought in the um, the Jedi Academy, which I know that you're a big fan of. Yeah, they actually had a, a snowspeeder prop and a sail barge prop. Oh, that's or, right. Not a sail barge, yeah, but a skiff. Right. I'm sorry, skiff. Skiff, yeah, the skiff. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but those props are actually they're movie used, right? I don't I don't think they really are. Oh, okay. I think that was one of those. I I, I would believe the indie stuff was more movie used than, than the stuff that they had out there for Star Wars. I think that stuff was stuff they built you. and kind of called it a prop at the time. Uh, the you. indie stuff is sitting over there rotting by the store. Yeah. And uh, I would believe that was more of a real prop than anything else because they haven't done anything to protect it. Whereas this other stuff just kind of always looked new all the time. I'll have to see if I can find out more information on that because I have heard, and of course... This is, you know, never from the horse's mouth. It's always, you know, repeated from other sources. Sure. But I've always heard that the vehicles at Hollywood Studios are actual movie used as far as, you know, as you say, Indiana Jones. Um, there's a, a ship there from, it's either Flight of the Navigator or The Explorers. I always confuse those two movies. But there's a ship as part of the, or what was the Backlot Tour. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think a lot of the Backlot had... Tour is real stuff. They had a, they had a Blade yeah. Runner. and But please remember, these are also the people that told you that the plane in the great movie ride was the real plane from Casablanca. And there was no real plane from Casablanca. That, that's, yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> you know. I know that over at Backlot Express, they, again, they had or... They have or had, I'm not sure if, if it's still there, but they had the paddy wagon that the weasels drove yeah. in Roger Rabbit was there, as, as well as Benny the Cab, uh, you know, the unanimated form of Benny the That's Cab was right. there, too. So there are some real ones well, there well, as you, well. You and I, uh, we ate there not, wasn't that long ago, was it? No, it wasn't too long ago. And we went and saw, and last we took pictures, so? yeah, I think it was last summer, and, uh, and we took pictures of about everything that was out there, and Benny the Cab was there, as you said, the, right. the, the tune... Uh, wagon was there, the weasel wagon, and uh, they also had some uh, some frescoes 
I guess you'd call them, or something uh, up, up top that were uh, created along the lines of the Haunted Mansion busts. Right. Remember? That, that followed you when you walked. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, not long ago, I was trying to remember who it was I was I was there with, and we did that. That's right. It was it was you and your wife. Yep. I forgot about that. That's right. Now, we, we found that one section in Backlot Express that had all those great... Were they bumper stickers? They were... You know, they were the oh, movie They were uh, lobby cards. Lobby cards. That's right. Yeah. Were there any Star Wars in there? I know there, were, there was several Star Trek. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't recall Star Wars being in there. Yeah, one of the few places you're not going to find either. Star Wars at the parks. That's true. At that park, anyway. Well, let's see. What else we got? We've got... So you've got Star Tours, uh, the Jedi Academy. And Jedi Academy is fantastic. Course, Take your kids to it. Please, please, please. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that remains hugely popular. I, I think I think that's really neat, too, because, you know, you get, you know... Real Darth Vader, you know, real stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that's really cool. Well, I love the stormtroopers. And, and Who doesn't love stormtroopers? No. And the thing is, you know, when we did it for the first time, there was, it wasn't. They didn't even have the permanent stage built yet. Right. And so it was a brand new thing. In fact, at the time, they it was one of those things where they pulled you out of the audience. So you know, they we didn't even. It wasn't even the era where you you. Uh, uh, you know, you sign up for it now and you're guaranteed a slot. So we had to get there early and kind of hold our kids up and go, look, this one, take this one, please. You know, kind of like the beginning <laughs> of Lion King. And right. uh, fortunately, we, we followed somebody's advice out at uh, Sid Cahuenga's. They kind of said, hey, you guys like Star Wars. You need to go down there and check this out. And uh, here's what you need to do. You get there about 30 minutes early, get up front, make sure your kid is very visible. And we did all those things, and our, our son got put up there, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And so for Darth Vader to come out, and for my kid to have a lightsaber fight with Darth Vader, uh, I'm not going to lie and tell you the waterworks didn't come. So, <laughs> yeah, big cry, I know. I was so great. I, I, and I took probably, <laughs> I probably took 30 pictures of that of that 15-second fight between my son and Darth Vader, and we bought a special frame, and I framed one, and yes... That's awesome. No, I think that's it was the great. best. I mean, that's that's what Walt Disney World is about, right? Yep, yep. I think that's great. Immersing yourself in the magic. Absolutely. But uh, also, you don't don't forget the music loops. You know, there are oh yeah movie music loops everywhere, and Star Wars is very prevalent in them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, because you get. You know, of course, in the Star Tours area, the the music that's playing out there is is all from uh, you know from the trilogy. I don't, off the top of my head, I don't think they're playing anything from the prequels. I think it's all no. original trilogy and Star Tours. But as you come into the park, as you're going through the you know approaching the entrance and going through the turnstiles and all the the music loop that's playing there, one of the pieces is a concert version of the forest battle yep. but it's not from any of the actual soundtracks it's from again it's a it's a concert version of of the forest battle but even though the on the original return of the jedi album the forest battle was a concert version it's it's yep. not that one it's it's a, even a different version than that but it's really good and, it, and it's on that loop with things like uh goldfinger and capricorn one Capricorn One is on there, amazing <laughs> stories, things like that. But yeah, that's that's definitely the Star Wars one that's on there, and of course, littered all over Hollywood Studios. Just about every merchandise location has some Star Wars yes. merch, you know, represented there. 
But of course, the, the the greatest one, the best one, is the gift shop as you exit the Star Tours ride itself, uh, Tatooine Traders. I love that place because it's mm-hmm. themed to, to look like, uh, you know, it looks like Tatooine. It looks like a shop that you would wander into in Mos Eisley or something like that. Great photo opportunity right outside where they have full-size uh, evaporators there, so you can get your picture with you know with a, a, a evaporator like Luke Skywalker and Treadwell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Inside the shop, I mean, it's everything from you know figures to T-shirts to original art to uh, they also have you know as you were saying the the build your own lightsaber station, the build your own droid station. They have one of those Photoshop booth things. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I mean, it's it's a Star Wars fan's dream. It, it's got so much awesome Star Wars in in a relatively small space. It's it's really cool. I really like that place. Yeah, yeah, I could I could spend all day in there, much to my wife's chagrin, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and every once in a while they'll get park exclusive stuff. I haven't seen any park exclusive stuff in a while, but I know that they still get it from time to time. Um, like the pins and mm. years ago they used to sell the actual droids of the attraction as they were Star Wars figures but you could only buy those figures yep. in a Disney park yep you're right um, now they tend to do them more as packs so it'll be a pack of I think four figures at a time mm. they do still sell those so there's one pack that's out now that that's representing a scene from the new attraction where it's uh, let me think. It's Vader. It's a couple of jet troopers and another maybe Boba Fett. I forget. And then there's one that I bought when the when the new attraction first opened up that has three um, PO and the newer aliens that are part of the uh, the attraction as well. But they they do these packs from time to time that have these uh, these exclusive figures in them. As a matter of fact. Um, last I heard, I think this trivia fact still holds. The only time that a Disney cast member has ever been an action figure was on the original Star Tours. There, there was a pack of figures. Mm. And it was like Chewie, a couple of aliens, and then a cast member dressed in the red and blue Star Tours outfit. Oh, wow. And that was that was actually a, a Disney cast member action figure, which I thought was pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah, they don't they don't make that one anymore. But that was you know from the original Star Tours. So he's got the bright um, orange uniform. Yeah, yeah, the bright orange with the, like the the bright blue pants and everything. He's got the little uh, orange cap. I, I love like it. that. I love it. Well, we're going to be going this weekend very uh, very soon. We're yes. a couple of days away from uh, Star Wars weekends ourselves. So uh, what are you what are you most looking forward to on this? Honestly, just just hanging out together, man. Just the opportunity to go with you know, with a fellow Star Wars fan, you know, huge Star Wars fan, and just really geeking out. But I, you know, when they when they kick it over into Star Wars weekends, and Star Wars weekends, generally speaking, are usually the last couple of weeks of May going into June, and that's how it's going this year. And it seems like every year they've been adding extra weeks. So this this year, I think it's actually five. Is it five? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think it's what is it? The last three in May, first in first two in June. Yep. Is that how it's going? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, five weeks now. Whereas before it used to just be four, mm-hmm. and uh, it's fantastic because for the entire weekend—Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
the the entire park just goes Star Wars crazy. It just becomes mm -hmm. all about Star Wars. Now, all of your regular attractions are still open, so you can still go on, you know, Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and these different attractions. But the park itself, you know, the, the all of the background music switches over to Star Wars. So everywhere you go, there's Star Wars uh, music from the complete saga being played, you know, everything from original trilogy to prequel trilogy to, to um, Clone Wars being played. And uh, just, I mean, it's... It's just great because you're there with all these like-minded folks that are just there to celebrate Star Wars. So you'll get people that come in, in their costumes and everything. And, you know, to answer your question, the, the things I always look forward to the most is, for one, I, you know, even though, you know, I, I own the soundtracks, I've listened to the soundtracks myself since 77, it's still cool just to go and, you know, that's the ambient music sure. is Star Wars. Yep. I, I just love that. I never get tired of that. And uh, I always look forward to the parade because the 501st comes uh, at Disney's invitation and they don't mess around. I mean, it's I mean, it's a real regiment of 501st and just every array of Star Wars character you can think of from, you know, Greedo and the Wookiees and Jawas to Stormtroopers and Speeder Bike Troopers. And I, I, I love that. I think that's so cool. And so many of them are actually Disney cast members that are Star Wars fans in their off time, you know, doing this just, you know, to put on that show. I think that's really, really neat. I didn't even realize that. I think that. that's incredible. Yeah. There was actually, um, there's an internal magazine that Disney uh, produces, uh, you know, at the resort just for cast members called Eyes and Ears. And in... It's either the most recent issue or one of the most recent issues. There was a feature article in there uh, about one of our resort managers uh, that actually is a member of the 501st. So it was this great picture of him where they had done one of those like split things like they used to do with Peter Parker, yes. the old Spider-Man comics, where like half of him's Peter Parker and half of him's Spider-Man. Yep. And this was half of him as resort manager and half of him as an imperial officer huh. and it was really really neat you know and so it really shows that that level of dedication you know that the cast members have both on and off the clock you know for yeah. for you know not just star wars but you know for entertaining children and things i, I thought that was really cool. it really is it really is and the 501st guys look they do so much for when you talk about entertaining children they do a lot for charity they raise a lot of money for charity and they do a lot of visiting of sick kids in hospitals um, right. They they really are tireless in their dedication to doing good in the world, which is interesting for a bunch of mangy imperials. But uh, <laughs> I, I can't say enough nice things about those guys. You know, the other thing I always really look forward to a lot is, <laughs> I guess the best way to describe it would be like t-shirt shopping, but shopping like off the people that are actually there. Yeah. If you know what I <laughs> yes, mean? Like I, I love just seeing all the new Star Wars shirts that you'll see people wear because you know you got to remember these people are coming from every corner of the globe yep. so you see some really awesome t-shirts sometimes this may be the only time you ever see it and uh, I've seen some really great ones and uh, what's cool is this year I'm looking forward to be one of the people that people are pointing at and going wow that's a where'd you get that's a great t-shirt you know because I'm, I'm really planning to wear my uh, my hitchhiking Jedi, you know, dead Jedi, whatever however you want to call it. You know, they they needed to name that shirt. I would have loved to have known what name they would give it. You know, huh. Hitch, hitchhiking Jedi ghost. Yeah, T 
t-shirt. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. I, what are you looking forward to the well, most? You know, it's funny. We're talking about the t-shirt spotting, and I always love that because I'm always on the lookout for somebody who's got some good Marvel Star Wars wear on. And, mm-hmm. and invariably, I find when I go to a Star Wars gathering like this or like Celebration, I find somebody who is wearing a t-shirt that utilizes Marvel Star Wars art that I have never, ever, ever seen. Not the art, but the Mm t-shirt itself. Have never, ever seen before. Um, So, yeah, that's going to happen. You know, we were watching the the video feed of Star Wars Celebration, you know, that Verizon did, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, We couldn't have asked for more of those of us who couldn't go. And uh, somebody remarked to me one day, somebody, a bunch of people went to Target right before this. Because they've got that red Millennium Falcon schematic shirt that they sell at Target. Right. Every other person had that shirt on. So when you talk about shirt watching, that's always fun. I like to go to Darth Small because there's always some new thing there that I've never seen. Sometimes an exclusive. Sometimes just something that's new that I, I haven't caught up with yet. Uh, last time we were down there, it was the, uh, the uh, uh, thermal detonator game. Oh, right, right. I loved that, uh, and I picked one up for Jeff from Dinner for Geeks just because I thought he'd, he'd get a kick out of it. And I think he actually told me beforehand he wanted it, so that was kind of a hint. And uh, I want this. Yeah, okay, well, that's yeah, that's a strong hint. Um, the other thing... Do, huh? do you remember last year they incorporated... Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Erasma, I think was the name of it. The Erasma yes, technology yes. into the official image for Star Wars Weekend. Yep, so it would animate on your app, yeah. Right, yeah. They've done that again this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you've seen the new poster for this year, but I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. I've actually never bought the official poster. The closest I came was last year I bought the calendar that they put out because the calendar last year uh, for Star Wars Weekends was every... Um, I don't know if it was every, but it was a lot of the promotional images from years past for Star Wars Weekend. So it was things like, the one I'm looking at now for the month of May is Darth Vader with his boots off waiting in line for the TSA agent. Yeah, I, I love stuff like that. There's another one of Boba Fett wheeling frozen and carbonite Han Solo through the airport check-in thing. You know, it's <laughs> things like that. I love stuff like yeah. that. So I bought that one. Um, and it just so happened to have the official poster image on it from last year. Well, this one for this year is really beautiful. And that one also has the Erasmus technology with it in such a... I mean, even cooler than last year. It is really, really neat. I won't spoil it for you, but as soon as you get down here, I'm, I'm going to show you on my phone so you can see it. I, I just think it was really awesome. Cool. It comes to life. Well, now I'm excited. Now I'm ex- well, not that I wasn't excited to start with, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about this. And I'm very glad to be able to go down to this since I wasn't able to go to Celebration. So this is going to be uh, yeah. something that's very special. Uh, and, and, you know, again, we get to hang out and we're going to record an episode while we're down there because that's what, what, that's what real men do. So, uh, and the other thing is, I'd like to catch some of uh, some of Jat's panels. You know, uh, James Arnold Taylor will be hosting a series of little interviews right. and that kind of thing from the stage. And always a good show. Yeah, and I would really like to see him. Now I understand his. Uh, how long is his one man show when he does it there? I know he says he does a short version of it for Star Wars Weekends. Do you know how long it is? Mm, it's just off, just a guess, but I'm saying maybe 20 minutes. Okay, but so worth good it. Though. I mean, he is um. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Good. That Absolutely means we can go amazing. see because we have dinner reservations 55 minutes after it started, and it's <laughs> right. so worried that uh, if it starts at 7 and we've got 7.55 dinner that 
uh, we might not catch it because it's an hour long or something. But uh, if it's no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. Twenty or thirty minutes, we can catch that and go straight over to dinner. It'll be perfect. Absolutely, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the other uh, things that they do exclusively for Star Wars weekends. Of course, the the characters have so much more presence than they do the rest of the year. I mean. The, the parks are virtually littered with Star Wars characters. There's meet and greets all over the place. You can get your picture with Darth Vader or Boba Fett or a Stormtrooper or a Sandperson or things like that. Um, they've now added um, character dining to several of the locations. I know that there's a, I believe it's a breakfast, I think, at Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater with Star Wars characters. Yep. There's something new this year going on over at Backlot Express with Star Wars characters. Hollywood and Vine did have something last year. I'm not sure they if do. that's going again this yep. year. But it, is. it is. Yeah, uh, just so many great experiences. You could have and breakfast with the characters at Sci-Fi and dinner with the characters at Hollywood and Vine if that's what you want to do. Yeah, there you go. If you go. want to spend the money, yeah. it's it. You know, you yeah. got to pay for it. But yeah, right. Yeah, I would like to do that at some point. Not this year. Yeah, but, no, it's not, I mean, <laughs> well, for one thing, it's uh, getting the the reservations on there. I mean, they go quick. They're yeah. very, very popular, as you can imagine. Yep. And trying to think. I mean, you know, of course, there's the big finale. There's the big capper to the night. What? What else? Well, of course, there's the celebrities too. Um, you know, we we talked about James Arnold Taylor, but uh, you know, they get a number of celebrities. Um, this year kicked off with Ian McDermott that played uh, you know Ch- Chancellor uh, Palpatine and the Emperor and everything, mm-hmm. and then. Warwick Davis is pretty much a staple. He's he's pretty much there every year, as is usually um, Ray Park. They get a number of talents from um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Last year, Mark Hamill was here for yep. for his first time. Yep, and you shared that with us, that audio with us last year, and I was right. so happy about that. Right? Yeah, it was a, it was a good show. It was a really good time. He uh, he was really really into it. And I'm trying to think when you and I are there. Who's because I know Frank Oz is coming, but I don't think it's no. Uh, he's coming this coming fifth and final weekend, right? So we will not get to see him. It will be, I believe, Steve Bloom from Rebels is going to be there the week we're there. Oh, okay. Uh, so that will be that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, Ashley Eckstein will be around. Warwick Davis right. will be there, of course. Uh, she always has a really strong presence for her her universe line of clothing at. Uh, at the Darth Maul too, which I think is really neat. I, I, I think it's too. nice that there's, you know, there's a there's something out there for the geek girls too, because I think the geek girls kind of get forgotten a lot of times at, at things like, you know, conventions and things. But yeah. you know, they really have a real presence at Star Wars well, weekends. I think that's nice. what she has done with that line is she didn't just say, well, you know, guys like T-shirts of this, and therefore I'm going to make T-shirts of that. She she did it in a way that would appeal to feminine fashion let's be honest right uh, right yeah. guys don't mind just taking a picture and slapping it on a t-shirt and we're done but but right. i think girls want something that's a little more thoughtful than that and that's what she's she's got a lot of just really thoughtful some of it you would almost call star wars bounding right it is that it's that nature and uh i i think yeah she's got a home run there and i'm 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 tickled pink that she's had such success with it and and i'm also tickled pink that she's you know there's some of these people that are involved that you get really excited about. And she's one of them who, you know, plainly she is also a fan. She's not oh, just yeah. taking a paycheck. And then you've got, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. has made himself so available to fandom out there and shown, you know, that he's got Star Wars chops. And and people like Sam Witwer, 
who you know has played a few roles over the years as a, a star killer, and he's uh, he's Darth Maul's voice on the animated series. And I think he's I think he's the Emperor now, and uh, hmm. uh, you know that's a guy. You want to talk about a guy who's got some serious Star Wars chops? It's always you know you hate to think that you're going to meet these people and they're going to be Shatner telling you to get a life, right? And and some and they're not. No, it's not at this. They're they're not. real, no. honest to goodness. These people are just as big a fan as you are, and that that to me is excited because exciting because it means they're as excited to be there as you are. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No, I I think it's really nice that you know that they get these folks that come in and they and they are they're really excited to be there. They're very genuine, and uh, you know for the most part they're very accessible. Now the wait times can be a bit you know a bit long for these because. Yeah. Uh, they do, you know, they do do it queuing style. You know, you have to queue up for it, and they're doing it with a with a, a sort of a fast pass system now too that I won't profess to understand. <laughs> I I haven't actually gone to any of the um, celebrity meet and greets at Star Wars weekends myself, mm. only because I, I guess I'd gotten spoiled by conventions. I, I like it to be a little more organic, where you just kind of, you know, you just kind of catch them on the fly, yep. or, or you just walk up to them and they're they're there and they're available. This idea of waiting hours and hours, kind of thing, just never really appealed to me. I'd rather spend those hours, you know, wandering the park and riding rides and things like that. But I mean, it is there. It is, you know, available to you if you want to do that. And I think that's really neat. Mm. Plus, even if you don't necessarily want to do the meet and greets. The stars always, you know, they're there in the parade, so you can get your pictures and, and wave at them and that sort of thing. And then um, they almost always have um, a show that they'll put on, you know, an, an indoor, you know, a, a theater pavilion type of thing where you go in and they have a show. Now, this year, um, from what I've heard, they're changing the venue slightly, though, and it's not going to be in the. Um, I'm trying to think what that was. In. The Avenue of the Stars or whatever that theater was. Now it's actually going to be over where they normally run um, Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Yep, yep. Uh, they're going to do it at that one, um, which isn't indoors, no. but still, you know, it's covered and everything. So you know, it'll still be you know better than being out in the in the hot Florida sun. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays because those are much larger venues and seat a lot more people and everything. But I think that's a sunshiny thing for the future of Star Wars weekends because it says, look. We understand it's growing. We understand we need to meet larger demand, and uh, right. and it and it is there. And look, and and people are feverish about Episode Seven right now. I mean, they really are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when when that that new trailer came out at Star Wars Celebration, and within the first couple of days, it had eighty eight million views. Right. Uh, people are hot for Star Wars right now, which I am tickled pink to see. I'm really excited to see the uh, Symphony in Symphony. the. Sky yeah. Symphony in the Sky. I believe it's Symphony in the Sky. Well, I, yeah. I say that, but I, I'm pretty sure that's correct. <laughs> it's one of the two. It's either Sky or Stars, but yeah. I'm really looking forward to that because, again, you, you've got this incredible pyrotechnic display, you know, fireworks in the sky uh, set to Star Wars music. And, I mean, come on, how awesome is that, right? And uh, and it's really a, a beautiful show. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that this year again as well. Yeah. So, and, it, and it's just it makes for a nice capper on the day. Yep. You know that they've incorporated that into the show. First saw that when they were doing it at uh, it is Symphony of the Stars. I apologize. Um, when they were doing the last tour to indoor event, which you and I didn't know right. each other then. Right. Um, but we went to we went to that event, and that's how they closed out the evening. And I think that's the first time they did it. 
Oh, okay. See, I was thinking it was... Was that two years ago when they did uh, the May the 4th event for the first time? I was thinking that's when they did I forgot about the last tour to Endor. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I, that was the first time. I think that it. was. And I'll tell you, that's the one of the... There was very little that disappointed me about Star Wars Celebration 6 in Orlando, but the one thing that did disappoint me was that they did not have an after-hour separate ticketed event at the studios uh, for all mm-hmm. the fans like they did last tour to Endor, because that was just a great, right. great event. I don't know if you remember it or not. They re they re-engineered the Indiana Jones show, right? Uh, yeah. Made it into the ultimate mashup go, fan film. Fortunately, but yeah, I do remember because see, I had just moved here mm. when that happened, and it was killing me that this was going on like minutes from where I was I was staying yeah. at the time. But you know, I had just blown into town and didn't even have a job at that point. Oh wow! So I just could not justify going. You know? Yeah. But you know, hey, you know, things worked out nicely. Yes, they did. So I can't yes, complain. They did. So. I hope and pray that uh, the, the whole Anaheim thing this year was just a fluke and that it comes back to Orlando to stay from here on out. Because that, that was killing me not being able to go this year. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to go so bad. But that that's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to Star Wars weekends here. Uh, you know, Because that's going to really uh, make up a lot for not being able to go out to, uh, to celebrate. I agree completely. But I always look forward to Star Wars weekends and, uh, and you know, just having the opportunity for both of the hosts of uh, Earning My Ears to be there together hanging out. That's, that's going to be a blast. So looking forward yep. to it. Do they have our autograph table ready? I hope okay. so. I hope so. Just want to make sure. Yeah. And my blue m and M's. I didn't want <laughs> I just didn't want to disappoint our legions of fans who were showing up for the big autograph signing that we were doing there. Well, you know, everybody has those tables around Echo Lake. I think, I think they said ours was in Echo Lake. <laughs> I, I think that's what I heard. So. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the two true freaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.